Hey guys, my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor here at New Life Church, and I want to welcome you to our online teachings. One of our core convictions as a church is that everyone is welcome, no one is perfect, and anything is possible. Now, I know that for some of us, coming into a church building might be intimidating, it might be scary, and I get that. But I want you to know that there is always a place for you here at New Life and that you were made for real in-person community. We meet on Sundays in downtown Wayland. You can check out our website for more information on service times. But for now, I hope God speaks powerfully to you through his word. Love you guys. Uh, well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, like Brad said, my name is Josh. I'm the youth pastor here. Um, Brad, I have not seen the room this full um, in a long time. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, so super, super excited this morning. Um, but we've been, we just got back from NTS camp. For those of you who don't know, um, we just took the youth group to a camp called Never the Same Camp. Uh, we got back a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've been kind of sharing some stories from NTS camp. Um, but today, this morning, I want to share a quick story with you um, of a story that actually we heard as adult leaders at camp. Um, so the story goes like this. And there was a 16-year-old girl about... Um, 80 years ago, there was a 16-year-old girl, and she, she lived in this family, and the family wanted nothing to do with religion. They, had, they didn't want anything to do with Jesus. They wanted nothing, nothing to do with it. Uh, Mom and dad were, were very, like, hardcore atheists. And so this, this uh, young girl, after school one day, gets invited to go to this uh, ministry event at this mission, and she, she goes, and she has a great time, and she ends up accepting Jesus for the first time at this, at this mission. And so super cool, so she comes back home, and she you know, tells her mom and dad, of course, like, mom and dad, this is what happened to me, this is what happened in my life, and the mom and dad were very upset, very upset. They, they were so angry with her, and they, they, they actually came to the point with so much anger that they said, you either choose us or you choose Jesus. You can't have both. And so this young woman, the 16-year-old girl, she, new, new, brand new believer, she has the, the willpower to say, I choose Jesus. And so the, the next day, she goes to school, and she, you know, back then, they walked uphill both ways, right? And so she walks up the hill from, from school, and she gets to her, her yard, and she just sees all of her stuff out on the yard, 16 years old. And so she picks up as much of it as she can, and she goes back to the mission that she was at the day before, and she finds the woman that helped lead her to Christ. And she tells her everything that just happened. And this woman decides to take her in and raise her as her own. Yeah, pretty cool. And so she raises her as her own. She raises her as a disciple of Jesus. And this 16-year-old girl grows up. And she marries a godly man. And that godly man becomes a pastor. And then they have a, a child. They have a daughter. And this daughter grows up in the faith. She marries a godly man, and he becomes a pastor. And then those two have a daughter. And guess what? She marries a godly man. And guess what he became? A pastor. And that third generation there, so the, after the 16-year-old girl, there's a daughter, then a granddaughter. That granddaughter actually helped um, start Never the Same Camp. The camp that our students just went to a few weeks ago and had amazing, powerful stories. And so I, I want to ask the question today, what is your family's faith story? What is your family's faith story? We all have some sort of story, whether we know it or not, 
all of us have some sort of story in our family. And so I want to just imagine really quick, just close your eyes and just imagine, imagine if we were just constantly passing down our faith stories to the next generation, passing your faith story from your family down to your kids, and they can pass it down to their kids. Imagine as a church if we did that with our students and our kids that we have in here making a lot of noise today. (laughs) I just want to ask you the question, what are your God stories that that you're going to share with the next generation? So let's pray, and then we'll dive into the, the word here together this morning. God, just thank you for, for what you're doing here at New Life. God, just thank you for um, just the, the ways that you are moving here um, in our kids' ministry, in our student ministry, um, in our adult ministry here. God, we thank you for what's going on next door. We just ask for more of it. God, we pray this morning um, as we, we listen to your word, God, that, that we just are changed and we just are on fire to, to share our God stories with the next generation. God, we love you so much. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. 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 Cool. Well, today we're going to be in Psalm chapter 78. So if you have your Bible um, or your phone, you can turn to Psalm 78. Um, We're going to start in the first uh, eight verses here. My people, hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, Things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children... Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to him. So so for those of you who who have a Bible or maybe a a phone, you you would see right before this passage is is written, um, it says, a mascal of Asaph. Um, So, if you don't know what a mascal, um, there's two things a mascal might be. Um, one is a, a song, like a, 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 it's a psalm that is usually sung, usually has um, like a string instrument behind it. So actually, I'm going to ask Trent to come up. I'm just kidding, dude. <laughs> no, so it's a, 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 a song that is usually sung, um, or it's a teaching, like a some sort of teaching or instruction. And so I think that this psalm is probably a little bit of both. Um, but then the next thing, so it says, a, a mascal of Asaph. And so Asaph, um, if, if we look at First Chronicles, Asaph was the chief of the Levites. So he's a spiritual leader for, for Israel, uh, specifically the, the Levite tribe. And what, what we really believe is that um, Asaph... In, in the psalm here was probably not the same Asaph that was written about in First Chronicles. Was, the time period just doesn't, doesn't match up. So what we believe is that Asaph actually had descendants, and then they had descendants, and they had descendants. And somebody down the, the line actually wrote this psalm, and that's who actually wrote it, but we just attribute it to Asaph. And so it's kind of cool, if we, if we think about it, if you kind of were, were picking up on where this, where this psalm is going, 
is just talking about passing down the faith to the next generation. And kind of cool all that, that this guy Asaph, who's probably not the original Asaph, actually had his faith that he has passed down to him from a few generations. And then he is so passionate about it that he talks about passing the faith to the next generations, which is, which is really just kind of cool to me. But if we look here in verses 2 and 3, it says this, I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. So Asaph um, here is, is, is kind of leaning back on generations before him, right? He's, he's using his own words, but he's also really careful about using the words from generations before him. And I think he does this in part because we just, I think just as human people, we just have a huge respect for the people that have gone before us. I just think, I mean, living here in Wayland, we have um, the Gun Lake tribe here, right? I think the Native Americans just have a beautiful picture of just respecting and honoring their ancestors that have gone before them. I mean, I think about my own personal life, my own personal ancestors, and I think to my grandpa, my mom's dad, and he just loved baseball. He was a huge baseball fan, a huge Tigers fan. I remember going over to his house, and we watched Tigers games together. We, we went to a few Tigers games together. You know, he would tell me stories about when he used to umpire, and, and, and then I would, you know, he'd come to my Little League games, and I really think I have a love for the game of baseball because of my grandpa. You know, I, I love it so much to where I, you know, played all through high school, and then I now coach high school, and I just led our New Life T-ball team to an undefeated season, right? <laughs> Just kidding, we actually don't keep score in T-ball. Everybody is undefeated in T-ball. That's right. But no, I think we just have a, a respect for our ancestors, and so Asaph continues to, to use his ancestors' words in this psalm. And throughout, throughout this psalm, Asaph um, uses those words to show how the next generation needs God. So if we continue here in uh, Psalm 78, verses 9 through 12, it says this. The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his law. They forgot what he had done, the wonders he had shown them. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors and the land of Egypt and the region of Zoan. So Ephraim is, is the... The, the tribe that is mentioned here in this passage, in this uh, few verses. And Ephraim was a very prominent tribe, very powerful tribe um, during this time. Uh, for about 200 years from the time of uh, Moses slash Joshua to the time of, of uh, Saul slash David, there was just kind of weak leadership in Israel. And so, you know, it talks about Ephraim turning away from battle, and even though they had these bows and they had the, the arrows and they had all the stuff, they turned away from battle. And what we believe is that the reason that they turned away from battle was because they didn't remember what God had done in past generations. I mean, some of us might know the story of, of the Israelites being f set free from Egypt, right? They, they were slaved in Egypt and they were set free. God delivered them from Egypt, and, and they got to this point where they were in front of this, the Red Sea, and they couldn't get past, and the Egyptians were right on their tail, and God opens the Red Sea, and they can cross the Red Sea, right? And then they, they, they just get delivered from, from so many things in their history. What we think is that 
Ephraim, this tribe, had lost sight, had forgotten because leadership was not telling them the stories of their, their past. They lost sight, and so they turned back from battle. And so this is my encouragement to you today. Remind the next generation of what God has done. Remind the next generation of what God has done. Make sure to share your God stories with the next generation. Man, a couple months ago, we had Tim and, and Laura Timmerman come over to our house, and they, they were able just to, it was, it was really fun. We had a lot, a lot of fun, um, but they were just able just to share some of their stories um, of, of traveling the world and sharing God's, uh, sharing what God did in, through them in their ministry. Uh, they just shared those stories with Olivia and I. It was so powerful. Left, when they left her house, it was just so encouraged um, because of the, the God stories that they were able to share with us. So what God stories are you going to share with the next generation? Man, we could, this could be super, super simple. Maybe um, you, have, you have kids in the room, and maybe for you as a parent, you just need to read, read God's word with your kid. Just read the stories from the Bible with your, with your child, and just remind them that the stories that we are reading are true about God. And they just need to know the Bible. They need to know God's story. And you need to rhyme that they are true. And when I was younger, my family and I, we would take a vacation to the, the Upper Peninsula almost, almost every year. And um, every year we, we would, you know, go do the, the Mackinac Island and eat way too much fudge. And then we would go uh, look at all the beautiful waterfalls and the, we'd go to pictured rocks and to see the beautiful landscape. But every year we would go to the city of Marquette. And at Marquette, there's this, this amazing park um, with uh, this, this long um, pier. Pier, pier on it, and uh, super, super cool. And I remember every year um, when we got to Marquette, my dad would make a point for us as a family just to take time, just get away from each other, go f- sit somewhere in this beautiful park, and just read God's word. We'd take about 20 or 30 minutes on our family vacation um, just to, to be alone and read God's word. And then we'd come back together after 20 or 30 minutes. My dad would share with us um, what he had read, and then we, he would give us some time to share what we read during that time as well. Amen. It was just a super cool thing of, of my dad who um, just wanted to invest in the next generation. He wanted to invest in his kids so badly that even when we're on this family vacation where we're supposed to just forget about the world, we're supposed to just forget about everything that's going on, this was something so important that we can't forget about this. Right? He wanted to share God's story with us, even on family vacation. And maybe for you, you don't have a, a child, or maybe your child's grown up and gone, um, and you... Maybe for you, sharing God's story with the next generation is, is finding a student, maybe in our church. Um, you want to find a student and just share with them your story of an addiction or a pain that God delivered you through. I know as a, as a teenager, I had a, a small group leader, and I was able to share some of the stuff that I was going through with him. And he told me his story of the same—he went through the exact same thing as a teenager— and he, showed, and, he, and he told me the story about how God delivered him from that pain and from that addiction. And for me, as a, as a high school boy, just like listening to the story of a godly man that I knew and how God delivered him from that, 
And how inspiring is that? Maybe for teenager, maybe teenagers are not your thing. They're not my thing. Just kidding. Wanted to see. Wanted to see if you're still awake. I am the youth pastor, so they, I, I do enjoy hanging out with teenagers sometimes. But maybe for you, um, teenagers are not your thing. and You'd rather um, go serve with the, the kids in the kids' ministry. And obviously, we don't have the kids' ministry open today, but maybe you want to go back there and, and get to just share how God brought you to himself with those kids. Man, sometimes we think that, man, they're just in first grade. They don't, they don't understand. But I think if we tell the kids our story of how God brought us to himself, they will understand. I promise you, they are listening and they are understanding. So I, I just want to say this. I, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I do want to say this before we move on. I think in this room, I think in our church in general, I think we have a lot of people who are called by God to serve the next generation. We have a lot of people who are called to do that. I think we have a lot of people in this room, in our church, who are, who are not responding to that call. I really believe that. I, I think we have a lot of people who are called to serve in the kids' ministry, and for whatever reason, they are not stepping out. They're not talking to Trish. They're not s- stepping up and, and serving in the kids' ministry. I think we have a lot of people in this room who are called to serve with students. And for whatever reason, you're not stepping up and coming and talking to me. I would love to talk to you about serving our students. And I just want to remind us, and we need to share our God stories with the next generation. And so if you're feeling a call to do that, I, I beg you today, come talk to me. Come talk to, to Pastor Brad and, and let him know you want to talk to Trish when she gets back. We, we would love for you to serve with our next generation. Amen. So let's keep reading here um, in uh, Psalm 78, verses 17 through 19. It says this, But they continued to sin against him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. They said, Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? So the Israelites, they're, they're just set free from, from Egypt, right? And they're, they're wandering for, for 40 years, and, and they are demanding this food, right? They, they just get set free. They could have been enslaved for the, for the rest of their history, but God sets them free, and they're, they're all of a sudden just demanding this food. It's like, whoa, what place do you have to, to be demanding of God? But they, they're demanding this, this uh, meat that they probably can't have, right? They're probably forbidden to have this meat, and they're asking for it. And so instead... God gives them something that they can have, right? He, he gives them manna. He gives them something that within his laws, they can have manna. And God gives them the perfect amount every single day. And even, even after they got what they needed, so they, they're complaining, God gives them what they needed. Even after they get what they needed, they're still upset and they speak out against God. I mean, is our church like this today sometimes? We're super upset. God gives us what we need, yet we're still so upset. We say, God, we want this, we want this, we want this. It's like, man, look what God is doing for us. And I, I really do believe that, that part of the reason that the Israelites responded the way they did was because they didn't have a generation or a, a group of people to look to as, a, as an example. They didn't have a generation to look to from before them. So I want to say this today. We must set a godly example for the next generation. 
Like it, it's not it's not like an option. Like we have to do this. We have to set a godly example for the next generation. See, the Israelites, they didn't have the people to look to. But imagine if us as a church were were a a generation of people that could, for the next generation coming up, they had a group of people, they had a generation to look to and say, look how they followed after Jesus. I want to do the same thing. Imagine how cool that would look. And so for dads in the room, if you're a dad in the room, how are you setting an example for your son or your daughter of how a godly man should act? How a godly husband, how a godly spouse should, should act? How are you leading your family spiritually? What kind of God stories are, are you, dads, what kind of God stories are you sharing with your children? And for you moms in the room, how are you... Share, how are you setting an example for your daughter or your son of how a godly woman should act? How, how are you showing them how a, godly, how a godly mom, a godly wife should act? Moms, how are you sharing your God stories with your children? And people in this room without kids, it's me too, Dan. <laughs> people without kids, how are you telling your story to the next generation? How are you telling your God stories to the next generation? And again, maybe for you, it's just you don't want to serve every single week with students, but maybe you just need to find a student that you might have a relationship with or a relationship with their parents with, and you just need to tell them your God stories. So let's keep going here in Psalm 78, uh, 35 through 37 says this, they remembered that God was their rock, the God most high was their redeemer, but then they would flatter him with their mouths, lying to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him, they were not faithful to his covenant. Man, so the, the Israelites, they, they knew in their head, right, they, they knew their story, they, they've heard it before, they knew what God had done in their past. But man, time after time after time, the Israelites would just turn away from God. They had the stories memorized, but their hearts were not in it. Their hearts were were not in it. It was a roller coaster for the Israelites of, of back and forth, back and forth. And so I would hope for us as a church, as New Life Community Church here in Wayland, I would hope that we would just have a heart for the next generation, that we don't want to see this in the next generation. We don't want to see them going back and forth, turning from God, coming back to God. We just want to see them full-fledged on a sprint towards the Heavenly Father. So how does that look? Man, we can, right, it's the, the old saying of you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink, right? We can, right, we can lead students, we can lead our kids to, to Jesus, but we can't force them to follow him. So what can we do to pass on the faith to the next generation? Well, first, like we said, we can just be constantly reminding them, constantly reminding our young people of the the God stories in our lives. Just constantly sharing with with our, our children and our kids, with our students here at the church, of the God stories in our own lives, and the God stories from Scripture. Amen. And every time we used to, to take those road trips up to the UP, before we left, 
my dad, he would pray for us as a, as a family, just pray for safe travels. And when we got up there, he always just remind us, like, remember, we, we prayed for safe travels up here. And it doesn't happen every time, right? There are, there are accidents that happen, but we prayed for this. And it's just those little things that we can talk about sometimes that, are, that make huge impacts. You know, I heard it said like this, you know, sometimes we think we have to have those 100-minute conversations, right? We have to have this long conversation with our kid or with our students, which those, those need to happen, right? We need to have those long conversations sometimes. But just as important, we need to have 100 one-minute conversations, just those little conversations throughout the week that we have with our kids, just reminding them of the stories of God. So the next thing that we can do is just set the godly example for our kids, for the next generation, to setting that example in every area of life. Right? I think here at New Life, we have some amazing, amazing kids ministry volunteers. We have an amazing group of youth ministry volunteers. But I don't think that's enough. Just to, to meet one, one time a week for an hour, that's just not enough. We have to have godly parents. We have to have godly parents raising godly children at home. At school, we have to have godly teachers. I think of people like, like Brad Mulker who, who love kids in the school. That He's a teacher at the school who loves kids with the, with the love of Christ. Amen. We have to have people in the workplace, bosses with, with young students working for them. We have to have people like that loving those students with the love of Christ. Amen. Setting an example for the next generation. And the last thing that we can do you know, these are things that we can kind of lead students to. We can, we can push students towards Jesus. The last thing that we can do is just, it's super simple, but so powerful. We can pray for our students. Pray for the next generation. Because we can do all that we can do to lead them there. But at the end of the day, it is their choice whether or not they want to follow Jesus. And what we can do is just pray, 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 pray to the Father that they will, in fact, do that. They will, in fact, Trust in Jesus. So at NTS camp, um, they talk about praying for every student individually. Like like camp itself, they they pray for every student individually. And they they do this. Uh, I love how they say this. They say, we pray for every student by name because we don't know if this is the first time that a student has ever been lifted up to the feet of the Father. I think it's just so powerful. I think that's why camp is so amazing for so many students is because of the fact that camp prays for every student by name. Amen. I, had a, I had a youth youth pastor friend at camp, and he shared this story with, with some of us, and he said um, there was there was some students as they left for camp, there were some students that he kind of just wrote off. Right? There were students that he just said, like, God, like... <laughs> I just hope they have a good time this week. I just hope that they don't set the building on fire. Like, I, I really hope that they just, are, just have a good time and they're, they're okay. And then he had some students that were so close, right? They were so close. And he just, so he spent so much time praying for those students. And what ended up happening is, is God actually moved in all the students' lives. God didn't just move in the students that were so close, but he actually 
showed himself, revealed himself to the students that were just written off. So like, there's no way God can do something in their lives. But he actually did touch their lives and he, he, he brought some of them to himself and they accepted Jesus for the first time ever at camp. The students that he had written off. And I think I, I started just to reflect on that myself of the story that he shared. And I will, I will, I will admit it right here. I, I did that like with our students, not like consciously, but I think subconsciously there were, there were students that we brought to camp. I was like, okay, God, like again, some of them set the building on fire. But then we got to camp and I, I think God just did something so powerful just in every single one of our students' lives the ones that were so close, the ones that have already been there, and the ones that I wrote off. And I think, man, what, what else could God have done if I, if I just took time and just said, I'm going to pray just as hard for the students that I was writing off as the students that were so close. And so I just want to encourage us today just not to ever write off any kid for how, how crazy they might act how goofy they might be, not to write them off, but to pray for them, to set godly examples with them, and just to continue over and over and over and over and over again to share our God stories with the next generation. God, just thank you for, for what you are doing in the next generation already, God. I just think of so many ministries that are just that are just helping the next generation meet with you. And so God, as, as there are students and kids right now that are on this earth that are going to grow up to be pastors and youth pastors and worship pastors and lay leaders and, and children's ministry volunteers, God, we just pray for them as you prepare them to, to step into the next seasons of their life. And God, we just, we just pray for the next generation, that God, that you would just lead the next generation to yourself so they could encounter you and meet with you. God, we pray for the, our church family here that we just set a godly example for the next generation, whether, that, whether that's our own kids or the kids in our church or the kids in our community, our neighbor kids, that we just set godly examples for the next generation. And God, lastly, we just want to pray that we just have amazing God stories that we can just tell to the generation after us so they can tell them to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation of the things that you have done. So God, we love you so much. And we just ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.